What do you do if you've committed to buying a brand new car and then afterwards, for any number of maybe a dozen good reasons, you just want to back out of the deal? How do you extricate yourself from this entangled web of commitment with minimal financial impact? That's next. Logan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just kick, kick, you can kick the car that's up there now, dude, depending on your personal flexibility. So frankly, I am at a bit of a low emotional ebb today because I just gave back a BMW M550i and of course this is how Tony Stark must feel if the receivers move in one day and his shiny new Iron Man suit gets repossessed and I thought you know the only way to mitigate this is to deal with somebody who's having a rougher trot of it right now than me in this case a dude named Baz and believe it or not I get an email like this once or twice a week every week like frigging clockwork so Baz goes I've watched a few of your videos and I find them very helpful and really informative. I had paid for an LDV Deliver 9, that's a big fat van in case you were wondering, but I'm yet to take delivery. A few hours after doing so I saw a Ford 350L long wheelbase high roof, it means a big fat transit, drive up my road and after asking the owner about it and having a good look around, I'm now feeling buyer's remorse. Don't you freaking hate that? Anyway, and I wish to make a change and cancel the LDV purchase and buy the big fat Ford. Your advice about how to proceed would be greatly appreciated. Can you please assist? Well, Baz, we'll have a crack at that, mate. And this might assist you as well, depending on which stage of the process you're at between making that initial commitment and actually taking delivery. It gets harder and harder, obviously, to back out, but let's have a crack at that right now. Look, there can be a thousand reasons to find yourself in this position because dealers are extremely good at just stitching you up. You know, you go in for a look and the next thing you know, there's ink on a page and the credit card has been, you know, deployed for the purposes of a deposit and you are stitched up, okay? Or you might just have gone off half cocked, done things in entirely the wrong order. Like, it's ideal to do research first and then transact. I think you'd agree. However, it doesn't always work out that way and people don't review the market until afterwards or find a better deal until later. So there's all of those things and there are also factors that might be quite outside your control. Like, dude, you might lose your job the afternoon after paying the deposit or something. But if you do go off half-cocked, okay, the official advice is get yourself a DeLorean and Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Friggin' Future and go back in time and give your somewhat younger self just better advice. Now, unfortunately, I have to tell you in this case, the excrement deeply impacted in the turbine, right? Baz had, in other words, transferred all of the money to the dealer and thus the dealer has all of the leverage in this case. Not only does he have the vehicle, he's also got all of Baz's cash to settle on the car, right? So from a leverage point of view, it's inequitable. 
Despite this, however, I'd suggest that Baz should go in and try to negotiate an equitable solution in good faith. And let's not forget, this will not be too inconvenient for the dealer because we've got demand up here and supply down here in the market at the moment, including with the Deliver 9. So really all the dealer's got to do is go, uh-huh, and then just ring up the next buyer in the queue, okay? It really is that simple. And there should be a fee for this uh, administrative reach around, you know, and maybe it's like 5%. That'd be reasonable. On a $50,000 car, this kind of mistake might cost you two and a half, and I think you could wipe your brow and go, well, I didn't get out of that too badly, okay? However, before going in to negotiate like this, I would get the contract, and let's not forget commercial transactions of this nature are usually dictated by a contract, which is essentially like a boxing ring with the marquee of Queensbury's friggin' rules. It says you will have this fight in this ring and you will not hit below the belt and all of that kind of stuff, only in relation to the car, okay? So one of those clauses or more is gonna deal with the buyer or the seller just backing out and who pays what and what happens in that eventuality, right? So here's the, here's the game, if you like. You go and see your solicitor and you get an assessment of your commercial position from them. And what happens is you go and try and negotiate in good faith with the dealer and should they be a bastard, then at least you have this fallback position back here where you know where you stand if the chips are down and you've got to fix bayonets or something, okay? However, I don't think you should transfer the money on a brand new car until like the day before you are going in to pick it up. I mean, otherwise you are doing yourself a gross disservice if something goes wrong. It's far more common to find yourself in the position where you've signed your life away and you've nudged your credit card and you've paid a deposit of something like one to two thousand dollars on your next new car and then you do the research or you have some sort of regret or you decide a different car is going to be better and you want to back out. Okay, that's very common indeed and it's a good news, bad news proposition. The good news is you can get out of it. The bad news is you're going to lose your deposit because that's one of the T's and C's of your contract with the dealer. So there's that. There is also another clause in most of these contracts, which let's face it, nobody reads until the chips are down. And it says that in the event of you defaulting and not proceeding with the completion of the contract and purchasing the vehicle, the dealer can come after you with something like five or 10% of the cost of the vehicle for you to pay as a penalty. Okay, and dealers often dredge that up and use it as leverage against you, okay? And it panics some buyers, and I get that. I'd be panicked too if I wasn't gonna proceed with my $50,000 purchase, and yet I was gonna get a bill for five grand, essentially for nothing. So look at it like this. It's great leverage for a dealer to use against an uninformed buyer, but if you've already paid, let's say, $2,000 deposit, and you might be obliged under the letter of the contract to come up with another three to make up your $5,000 non-completion penalty payment, then let's look at that from the dealer's point of view. If he puts it on you and says that'll be three grand, you go, uh, go to buggery, okay? What does he then do commercially? Because he would have to go after you in court. Problem number one with that is, it's just a bad look for a car dealer to sue a prospective customer because word will get around and other 
people might choose not to do business with that dealer. That's problem number one. And problem number two is, what's it going to cost him to go after you for that three grand that you owe him, owe him, worst case scenario? Because it's going to cost him more than three grand to assign a solicitor and go to court and make the representations and do all of that stuff. And frankly, those resources that he would use to sue you for your three grand would be better directed to selling additional cars or cleaning up the service department and doing whatever they can to extract more money from consumers in a frankly beneficial way. So. <clears throat> The main thrust of this argument, right, is don't panic if you're in this situation, but do whatever you can not to get in that situation in the first place. What I'm saying here is that dealers just don't pursue customers over this gap in the funds, over that clause in the contract. Statistically, it does not happen. It is only ever used as a threat to get a reluctant customer to come good with the purchase. And if the customer says, yeah, nah, then it just doesn't go any further. So don't let that dissuade you if you're convinced that the right course of action is to back out now. I'm out of here now. Thank you very much for helping me with my grief about getting rid of the M550i. I'm nearly over it, having experienced Baz's greater grief. I mean, someone else's suffering is always quite therapeutic. <coughs> I think you'd agree. And I've also just had another piece of excellent news indeed, which is that Volkswagen's appeal over their $125 million fine handed down by the federal court in 2019 has just been dismissed. So they are officially and seemingly indelibly on the hook for the 125 million big ones for being such lying criminal <laughs> other lovers. Yes, more on that tomorrow.